Sounds awesome. Three, two, one, go. Hey, it's Bips from the Ginger Podcast. As you heard in the last episode. Wait, will it be the last episode? I can't remember. I've recorded so many. Anyway, Ginger's like in lunch or something. I don't know. He's he's super busy. Anyway, so this week we have we're continuing our interview series that we've been doing and kind of talking to people in the gear industry, people not in the gear industry, um, and you know other industries and other things that are chasing their dreams. And so we have Cody from Westminster Effects, which is a uh, really cool pedal company. We'll get into that. But Cody, thanks for coming on. Want to kind of introduce yourself to the uh, listeners? Hey, thanks for having me. Um, so Cody, how did you kind of give us a little bit of load on like how you got into music? I mean, obviously you have to have some kind of a background in music to be getting into building pedals, I would assume. <laughs> yeah. So I have, I've lived in the upstate of South Carolina in the Greenville area my entire life. I'm 31. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've kind of seen the area. Like I remember when we got our first guitar center uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and now as of, I guess, two years ago, we got our second one. Ooh. Um, but anyway, my my family uh, has pretty much always been musical, except for my mom, and and my dad. You know, he he's always had a guitar, at least a guitar. Mm-hmm. And and I had a couple friends who had started uh, to play guitar, and I got my dad to teach me some stuff. And then from there, I was just like, oh hey, I like this pop punk thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, just kind of rode from there. Uh, but my, my very first guitar was, uh, the Squire Strat Pack, if mm-hmm. you remember those. Oh yeah. And, and they were, and they were terrible. And I was like, there has to be something I can do to make this sound better. And I got, uh, the original line six pod, the 1.0 that looked like a bean mm-hmm. or a mm-hmm. kidney or whatever. Yes. And, and I find all these just ridiculous sounds, you know, delays and flanges and flanges still my guilty pleasure. (laughs) And, uh, and, and from like, yeah, like I, I still have a a Dan Electro psycho flange and that thing gets so ridiculous that it used to make my CD player skip in high school. Uh, (laughs) like it was, it was just insane. (laughs) Um, but you know, from there it was like, well, I hear these other things and these other things sound better on their own. So let's just, get into that and uh so from there i became a gearhead and there was one point where i overreacted and and um sold everything and got a multi-effects and that was a mistake and i realized that pretty quickly um but you know to kind of jump ahead to the westminster side of things i uh i was working at an advertising agency here in in greenville uh managing social media which is what you do with a journalism degree these days okay okay. uh i I graduated uh from north greenville university it's a small southern baptist school about 20 minutes away really good school Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, i graduated just in time for the entire industry to be like wait a minute we don't know how to make money anymore (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah. so everything was shifting online and you know they were like hey do we need paywalls or what and you know like even the new york times and their parent company laid off like a thousand people or some nonsense like that mm-hmm. that year so uh so after a series of survival jobs i land at this advertising agency with uh blogging and social media management and it and it turned toxic mm-hmm. uh we had a uh, to make a long story short, to avoid details, just in case I get sued, uh, we had the owner invest a significant amount of money of her own money into a client. And I voiced my concern with that. And I was actually really nice about it. 
Uh, but she took it personally. And from then on, everything I did was wrong, even mm-hmm. if it was right. Yes. Um, so I, I, I left that job with the intention of going freelance and I, and I had a couple freelance gigs here and there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, while I was filling up space, uh, I've always been a DIY guy. I've changed out pickups. Like I've, I've built our coffee table in the house and, and all that kind of good stuff. So I was like, I like guitar gear. I'm going to build a pedal. So I got a, uh, a blues breaker kit from general guitar gadgets. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was fun. Let's do that again. This time let's make money off of it. <laughs> good, good, good concept. <laughs> so, so I kind of combined, uh, two big passions of mine, uh, in, in the creation of Westminster effects Obviously, the first is guitar gear and exploring different guitar tones. And the other is theology and church history, mm-hmm. uh, where, where I'm like, hey, dudes need to sound good. And then I was like, and they need to learn how to read good, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be at least and, three uh, times this size. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm really glad you caught the reference. Oh, I, I was, was immediately be, like, I hope we're going there. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have facepalmed pretty hard if you, if you didn't. Um, but it was, you know, like I see, um, I'm one of those, I'm kind of a unicorn in, in the musician world in that I lean a little more left brain than right brain. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm, I've kind of got this split, uh, like every time I take a test, it's either 50, 50 or like 55, 40 left brain or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I'm, I'm big on, Hey, let's know where we came from. And, and particularly to the, uh, to the worship guitarists out there, like, Hey, you need to know what, what these, uh, giants on whose, uh, shoulders we're standing had to say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, so, like know your, as, uh, as the podcast five minutes in church history says, uh, which is a great podcast and really quick and actually pretty fun for anybody who would be interested. Hmm. Um, it's uh it's and it's five minutes it's not you know it's not a whole lot of commitment but it's our family history yeah uh to put it that way so so let's let's know and celebrate these guys and what they had to say and which was by and large pretty dang consistent uh with you know not to wax too theological here we can get into that later if you want uh but if if the bible is what what we say it is then let's take it seriously Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's kind of a dual response. Like, hey, let's let's uh, make really nice guitar tones, and by the way, let's take this thing seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it is. That's a really good point because a lot of times you kind of, especially nowadays, like you kind of wax over. Like, you don't have to think about like some of these guys like in church history that had like these big moments. Like now we're just like, oh man, it sure is great that we have the Bible translated in English. This is great. Like. Who did this? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Did like Google or something? I can Google a Bible t- first if I need to see it. Like we don't think, you know, and about these guys that, you know, some of them sacrificed their life because of like what they were like, Hey, this is what the Bible says. We should probably follow this. You know, exactly. Exactly. And you know, like it, some of my artwork reflects that where, mm-hmm. um, I have, uh, my fuzz pedal named after John Wycliffe, who is kind of a pre-reformer, of of sorts Mm -hmm. and he got he got into such hot water with the roman catholic church and i believe it was the late 1300s that 40 years after he died 
they dug up his bones and burned them, <laughs> which is just such a cool story to me. It is. And, uh, and so that's, that's actually what the artwork is, is his bones on fire. And, uh, you know, so I've got, you know, stuff like Charles Spurgeon smoking a stogie oh, after, uh, after his great Christian Liberty quote of, of during the late 1800s, there's a little bit of controversy of tobacco use in, in the UK. And, and he said, by the grace of God, I intend to smoke a good cigar to the glory of God before I go to bed tonight. <laughs> so, so you got like these super real dudes, mm-hmm. uh, and they just happen to not live in the in the Twitter age. Yeah, before we could get their <laughs> before we could get their quotes uh, in front of us within thirty seconds, and then forget about them within three and a half minutes. Oh yeah, yeah, it's very true. I and I, I've always. I forgot what pedal it might have been like the chick delay. It was like the first one I saw pop up somewhere in some gear group or something or mm-hmm. and I remember being like, These are kinda cool. And then like I was basically on the web I like flipped over to your website and I was like, Oh, these are all like these are all great. Like they're all either like puns on certain people in the modern Christian world, we'll say that. Or um <laughs> we can take that as far as you want. Oh, I will take it. If anyone follows me on Facebook, y'all know how I feel. Every time the Babylon Bee has a funny article about that, I'm like, yes, and I will say what I want. <laughs> but yeah, like your old scene distortion. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and yes. I'm like, because it's true. Like you're like, it's what's happening. And it's it's a nod at like these things and what I think is cool is that you haven't been afraid to be like, okay, you know what? Like I'm making these pedals. Like, do I, you're not saying like you, you can only play these in the, uh, the holiest of chords. You cannot play minor chords with them. Um, only hymns. Uh, you know, it's like, you can Dude, take I'm, your I'm a mid two thousands emo kid at heart. Yeah. Like my favorite band, I'll just come out and, and be as emo as possible. My favorite album ever is, is, uh, is my chemical romance's three cheers album. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, and so but it's like your pedals aren't even though they're like kind of like like the niche artwork and stuff is like this church history stuff, it's still like if you were somebody that wasn't in the church, didn't you know not a believer, and just like looked at the pedals, the artwork still looks really cool and you're like, Well that's just a cool thing. You know, like it's a neat looking pedal. It doesn't look like, you know, your atypical like, oh this must just be a tube like screamer clone or like this is uh right. You know, like this is such and such a copy because it's like, you know, you're trying to nod at that. It's kind of a different thing. I think that makes it kind of like makes them unique and makes them kind of something that's kind of special with that. Oh, yeah. Well, I've, and everybody knows the, the pedal industry is vastly oversaturated. Like everybody just knows that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I get I get followed by by different companies. It seems like every week. And then every other week I'm seeing a post about how they're not in business anymore. Or I'll be like, Hey, how's that company doing? And they haven't posted in five months. Um, so you've always got guys, uh, especially with the internet where, where information is so readily available. Anybody can go and start a pedal company and learn how to use a soldering iron and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, is the concept going to stick? And are you, I mean, the, the real trick is, I mean, obviously, you got to make a good product. If if you don't make a good product, then nobody's going to care in the first place. Yeah. Um, but assuming that's there, uh, you got to have your marketing game down to some degree, mm-hmm. at least. Like you, you have to be a little bit uh, on the nut side to to put yourself out there enough when you know you're going to get a whole lot of no answers. <laughs> oh yeah, and I think you know, in the kind of the I don't know, the elephant kind of in the room with like, especially with like pedal design is. 
there has been a lot of circuits already made and a lot of oh, yeah. circuits that are very close to each other. Like, I, you know, I'll kind of skate around the thing. And so it's like oh, yeah. there is, to some people, like, there's an aesthetic thing that, like, you may not – you may look at it and be like, these pedals may sound very similar, but I like how this one looks. Or I oh, like absolutely. that – and I think that's what's been kind of cool with, like, the, like the, you know, the quote-unquote uh, boutique pedal market, which is a, a term that I think is used for stuff that isn't always – boutique anymore no, you're exactly right and when you're i think exactly the, right the problem is a goal for a company should be to be eventually not a boutique company you know yeah like yeah. you look at certain pedal companies that started off as very much a boutique brand and they no longer are like um like wampler is an, ex- uh, an example for me like he, he won't he says he's not a boutique company i mean obviously when he started yep. he was making very small runs you know and he's not doing that anymore so it's like giving themselves the like some companies having the stigmatism of like we're a boutique ant- or you know pedal company i'm like that's good but shouldn't you eventually be like we eventually want to be making like all the pedals you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i mean it kind of depends on on how you uh on on what direction you want to go yeah Uh, like one one of one of the companies that really fits your description well is jhs Uh Mm -hmm. where where when they started it was josh scott uh home making those circuit boards like it was you know the single-sided etched kind of thing and, I, mm-hmm. and i've tried to do that a few times and it worked exactly once um so <laughs> it, it was i had a bad time yeah um but but now like i i'm fairly sure everything they do is wave soldered yeah uh which is which is all surface mount components and mm-hmm. there is absolutely nothing wrong with that oh there uh, is like it. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna throw anybody under the bus for how they manufacture stuff like if they wanted to get their circuit boards totally manufactured in china and all they did was stuff stuff into a box and then ship it out i don't care mm-hmm. um but they are they definitely outgrown that boutique label oh, even yeah. to the point even to the point where they're working with boss on stuff yeah i think uh, that's the and, and we can we can have two reactions. We can either crap on them, uh, you know, and call them sellouts and all that kind of thing, or we can applaud the fact that dude started from scratch, mm-hmm. and and now he's yeah. and now he's just crushing it, and that's that's pretty awesome. And it really should kind of give us an example of in uh, in the overall pedal industry of hey, maybe you know I'm not saying I'm going to be in every single guitar center in the world. Uh, nor would I say that that's exactly my goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, JHS shows or Wampler or Keeley or whoever, mm-hmm. um, the growth, the growth is largely dependent on making good product and getting the word out. You yeah. Know? And I think it, it also comes down cause like those brands and especially the ones you mentioned, like that have all started in the smaller side and at, at the heads of all those companies is somebody that a has a personality that like people can, you know, get behind, you know, That's it's like, true. you know, like they put themselves out there and kind of, you know, people they're they can, you know, you can, you feel like it's somebody you can sit down and talk to. Now you not, not, might not be able to, because you know, obviously you can't just like call up a company and be like, Hey, can I uh, call up JHS? Can I talk to Josh for, you know, 10 minutes? It's not going to work, but right. he has the personality where you feel like you could, and when you're buying pedals, especially when you're looking at spending, you know, that kind of money, you, when it comes down to it, you're like, you know, hey, I like a pedal that I know, you know, like you pop the back cover off and there's something funny signed in it. Or you can pop the back cover off and you're like, hey, this is number mm-hmm. 34. I know that because I'm right. pretty sure my Piper Drive is number 34 when I pop the cover off. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, you know, it's something kind of cool to be like, hey, you know, like I know, like, oh, I've seen that person on YouTube, like as a, 
as a general consumer, I'm not even really like into, or, you know, I haven't thrown crazy amounts into like pedals and stuff, but it's kind of cool when stuff that, you know, like you see stuff on YouTube and you're like, Hey, I've had a pedal made by them or, you know, I had them mod a pedal for me. And it's kind of cool when you play it then. Cause it's kind of like, Hey, that's kind of like a part of, you know, it's not just some generic was, you know, in a run of like 300,000 pedals. Oh yeah, exactly. And you know, like all of my stuff, like I am one guy, <laughs> uh, the entire, the entirety of nose pedal and Westminster effects. And I, you know, we didn't really talk about it, but I acquired nose pedal about a year and a half ago from, okay. from the original owner, Aaron, uh, via, uh, my father-in-law generously donating. So thanks a lot for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but you know, I'm one guy with two brands and, you know, like with circuit board layout or graphic design, you know, the stuff I'm not good at, I'll, I have people that help me with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you see a, a nose pedal or Westminster effects product, um, that, that was definitely handmade by me (laughs) all the way through, except for, except for the UV printing, uh, for Westminster. But with nose, it's all, it's all, uh, like the original, uh, art scheme was hand painted googly eyes and I am not good at, I'm not good at that. Uh, it was, it was a fine scheme, but I'm not good at it. So Mm -hmm. those are all screen printed and I do that myself. Uh, like I drill out all the holes myself. I actually even powder coat in my laundry room. Um, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, so literally Jack of all trades and master of none. <laughs> that is that it, that has been my life sa- statement for years. Like I'm not good at one thing, sort of good at a lot of things. Exactly. Job well done. So that's cool. So, exactly. Um. So what did you? We're talking kind of like so the two brands. Are these your full time gig now? Like that's you. Yes. You when you get up in the morning, you're hack. You know, you're putting circuit. You're building pedals. When you go to bed at night, you're dreaming about building pedals. You get up. Okay, so this is your. How long has it been your full time gig? How long has it? Let me pull up the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe it's been, I guess, a little over a year and a half. Okay. Now? Okay. Uh, okay. So it's it's getting closer to two years ago that I acquired Nose, and that gave me the bump. And, and revenue mm-hmm. that I needed. And so then a year and a half ago, um, I made the switch to go full time and, uh, instead of going half and half or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm super grateful to, to do it. Um, and not really have a commute except, you know, letting the dogs out, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's gotta be, <laughs> it's like, okay, that's the, that's those, they're my coworkers. And <laughs> Water cooler talk is yeah. a little bit quieter. That's cool, though. Um, yeah. So how long were you doing the full-time? Because this is a lot of people, especially a lot of listeners, like, that are trying, you know, that are pursuing some sort of, a, you know, I always say taking your hobby into your job, kind of a, mm-hmm. like a jump. How long were you working at full-time at a regular job while still at night, you know, throwing pedals together? Yeah, so that's that's where I've got a little more of a unique situation because mm-hmm. I – uh, like I started Westminster effects with the goal of going full time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I never had a full time job Okay. while I had, while I was doing Westminster effects. Now I did some survival type jobs. Like I worked at a storage facility, like a self storage facility mm-hmm. for a little while. 
and that was that was pretty awesome actually because it was so flexible oh yeah uh, with me where so i would go there in the morning and then come here in the afternoon and i'd still keep it a nine to five okay um, okay so so that was actually really awesome where i didn't have to like work a nine to five and then come home and and keep grinding mm-hmm. uh you know for another five six hours like a lot of guys do yeah yeah that is and that's a good way to do it i think uh with what like that's kind of like like my next step and like what i've been like all the bipster side of thing and if you've been listening you kind of know like what the the big plan is is that eventually there'll be part-time job plus all the other fun bonus stuff and then i'll turn it into that but it's that it's a really scary thought like when you're sitting down working on budgets like okay if i make this much doing this i can make this work and sometimes it is a jump i had a guy um, I don't know if you um, – there's a YouTube guy called Guns and Guitars from Arizona. He builds kit guitars. And okay. He, I'm, not, I'm not familiar, he, but go ahead. Super cool story. Um, I, it, the shameless plug for my own podcast. Like five episodes ago I had him on. And he basically – and we were talking about church stuff. He basically felt like God was calling him to start a YouTube channel. And he was like, this is a little scary. And he said the day that his first video hit that was like, you know, actually made him money and like had a, like almost a million views – was the same like within a week of him turning in his resignation at his full time job, and oh, wow. since it's real, it's been really. It was a really cool like discussion because I, like I knew like he was a Christian and stuff, but I didn't know like the extent of like that. He basically like kind of like took a dive off the deep end. Like I hope this isn't the burrito I had for lunch, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it's worked out, but it was definitely like a that's a big jump, you know. Like that's not my like. I remember going and he goes, "Yes, this isn't the normal thing. Like you better be careful on this kind of a jump." But yeah, exactly. And that's, that's one of the things that, you know, I kind of address within Westminster effects, you know, is, is, you know, yes, God calls people to vocations. Like that's, that's Mm -hmm. a very reformed thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, is, is the Protestant work ethic and and the doctrine of vocation Mm -hmm. and God actually calling you to things. Mm -hmm. Uh, at the the same time, man, you gotta be like, it's, it's not like, let me see if I can phrase this without irritating too many people. That's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, because that's not my goal. The, yeah, goal. Yeah. the goal is, you know, to point people to truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, there's a lot of people who either claim to be Christians are, or are inconsistent within, within their Christianity. And I'm, and I'm okay with saying, you know, a lot of the people that we may criticize are christians and they're just inconsistent like i'm cool with that mm-hmm. um is is a lot of times it's just gas <laughs> mm-hmm. i've if, always if god if god wants you to do something you will know oh yeah like you're not you're not going to mishear god mm-hmm. <laughs> you will know and he will provide mm-hmm. and he will pave the way yep i think that's uh i've always for years been like when God talks to you, and again, if you're if there's someone that's listening, it's like I don't like how the God talk. Well, there's there's a lot of other episodes that we don't talk about God, so that's fine. Um, right. <laughs> that's what but, I was. But saying. that's kind of the theme of my entire brand, <laughs> and that's so. why I like it was so, the same way with it was the same way with Dan. Like he started, and he we didn't talk beforehand. Like that, I was yeah. a youth leader and went to church, and I was like, oh yeah, dude, like raw, like you go. And he was like, oh, I was gonna say it anyway. I was like, I like that. I like your attitude, but I think I've always told people, I'm like, it can be like sometimes it's the burrito. And you have to be able to check yourself and then just be like, and I've said, and half the time you can just ask God. And if he doesn't say nothing, it was probably the burrito. And you're, that's okay. Like, you know, take a step and be like, burrito, was that, yes, okay. That's, 
Yeah, that's and, fine. And, and, for, and for the for the people who don't like the God talk, well, let me let me throw this at you. We we believe that the same Spirit who raised Christ from the dead now lives in us. Mm-hmm. So that means that if if said Spirit um, actually does communicate something, and and I get I get that there's a lot of semantics and even some doctrinal differences between like my camp and other camps. Mm-hmm. That's fine, um, but. But if, like I said, if God wants you to do something, he will make a way for it, <laughs> and there yep. will be no denying that. Yes. Uh, as as opposed to so many who get propped up, and we'll just say, on TV, or or a lot of uh, a lot of people who appear in the mass media, the media tends to take the absolute worst examples <laughs> of people who claim Jesus, mm-hmm. and and so maybe filter that and and you know listen you know i'm not even saying saying listen with an open mind just listen to some people who uh at least try to be a little more consistent that's all i'm saying (laughs) i like that (laughs) that's that's a good point but yeah so you uh where were we at before oh yeah so you're you're doing part-time job work and then basically turn that into the full-time Westminster thing. Now with the, uh, with the other pedal brand, are you ever thinking about kind of combining those into one head or are you always thinking, keeping them separate? That way there's kind of, you know, certain pedals would fit better under this brand versus pedals fitting mm-hmm. under this brand. Is that kind of the thought still? Yeah, I get, I actually get that question a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and funny enough, nose pedal has always been a larger name than Westminster. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of like they, the brand has been around since I think 2011, mm-hmm. um, and and the serial numbers are all sequential with nose, and I think tomorrow I'm gonna build uh number 4400. Okay. Um, so that's that's a lot more than the 700 plus that I've made with Westminster. Um, but at the same time, usually when I get an interview request, <laughs> it's, it's for Westminster. So it's always just kind of funny to think about. Yeah. Um, but, uh, nose has always been utility type stuff, custom, like it, the tagline is kind of custom pedal board solutions, mm-hmm. you know, like weird stuff like order swappers, AB switches, whatever. And mods, I do a ton of like line six DL four mods. I just mm-hmm. released the DD 20 rehousing through nose and stuff like that. And then Westminster is going to be more of your proper effects. Okay. Uh, you know, nose, nose has had some proper effects in the past, uh, but it's, it, it just doesn't fit there. Just like, uh, like a micro volume wouldn't really fit with Westminster. The only utility stuff I have with Westminster is the stuff I launched with, mm-hmm. with the, the tulip tap tempo and the regeneration yep. buffer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because, so because if, i if am that much of a nerd i love it. and it's funny because like it's one of those like if you like know some of the theology like i get i get what that is <laughs> i have yeah, a yeah my sister when i when your pedals first came out uh my sister uh has a degree from moody bible institute and so i oh, was nice. like i was like check out these guys. and she's just like well she's like well first off like half of our buildings were named after these guys pedals um but <laughs> we're all about the guys that were named <laughs> the pedals which i always think is funny i'm like i bet there's there's got to be some music major at moody that's like has like the wall of westminster because it like makes sense <laughs> I don't yeah, know what yeah I'm, I've, I've got several guys who just like they they find my stuff and they're like i need everything yeah <laughs> and then over the course of six eight months or maybe a year like they end up getting just about everything it's pretty funny that is and it it just 
yeah, it's it, and they're good stuff. Like I, we were talking off air. I bought uh like the mini Piper drive, which actually that was the only size, right? I'm uh, horrible at, at like your history. Was it was your was your Piper drive always a mini enclosure, or was, and it now is just a big one? Or was no, there... so I I started. Uh, that was actually one of my flagship okay pedals. And when I very, very first started, when I was prototyping, it started uh, in a 125B, but that was because I was Vero boarding it. Um, so it, for those not in the know, it's a, a prototype board that and it's, it's just messy. And uh, so those first builds are pretty ugly. And then I managed to shrink that down to a 1590B. Uh, so to kind of correlate, the 125B is what JHS typically uses, like okay. on the Morning Glory or, okay. or Angry Charlie. Okay. And then the the 1590B is more along the lines of something like a an EHX Soul Food or maybe an MXR size pedal. Okay. Um, and then uh, so I was working with Kyle, my circuit board guy, and and he's he's always loved shrinking stuff as as tiny as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I he talked me into. Uh, shrinking the Piper drive down to a 1590A, which is the size of a Moor, uh, like little tiny thing. Yeah. Um, but and and then I, I I was just never happy with that sound, especially once we shrunk it. I don't know, it, it never clicked with me. So I took it down for a while, and uh, and now I'm actually coming out with the proper version two Ooh. of the Piper drive, where everything's totally redone, and and you can pre-order it at my Indiegogo campaign, which is helping me offset uh, costs for NAM in January. <laughs> perfect. Look at that. Perfect segue. So, I was like, so, please so go link to... in the show notes. <laughs> yes. Link in the... So, so have you, have you heard um, the story of the most famous person who owns a Piper drive? No, I oh, thought it was okay. me. So that's, darn it. That's good. Cause I've told, I've told the story on my podcast and a couple others. So I, I'm glad you haven't heard it. So, Obviously, the Piper Drive is named after John Piper. Yes, um, I'm just a little bit of a of a Piper fanboy. Uh, desiring God just kind of wrecked my theology. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it, it, I really attribute it to really putting me over the hump into reformeddom. Mm-hmm. Um, and and even then, like I know, like all the any reformed listeners would be like, well, that would probably be more of this other whatever, like just let me have this yeah. <laughs> fine it's not getting overly technical i'm getting technical enough as it is yes anyway john piper is actually originally from greenville south carolina and he was in town a few years ago for an event and i gave him a prototype piper drive nice <laughs> and his his response was he held it uh in both hands both hands facing up and he looked really confused and his response was, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so I said, well, if you ever start playing guitar, this would change how it sounds. Or you can use it as a paperweight. I just wanted you to have it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. That's the response. I, You're like, yes. <laughs> You're like, Secretly, he's uh, like, he's like, he's like a super closet like guitar nerd. And he's just like. Oh, like, yeah, right? come to this, like, opens this room, and then you're like, oh! <laughs> Right? It, it, it was pretty funny, because, like, I, I exhibited at, at the G3 conference, which is a big theology conference in Atlanta every year. So I exhibited last year, and uh, and I met James White, who is a big Christian apologist, uh, does textual critical stuff, mm-hmm. which is basically basically the science for those 
not in the know with that because it's super technical. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's the science of tracking down history of of the handwritten manuscripts mm-hmm. of the Bible. Um, and so he did a pre-conference debate, and I met him afterward, and I kind of told him about my spiel, and he. And, you know, the nerd that James White is like, he got it more. (laughs) And he was and I was like, yeah, I'd love to send you one of these things, you know, whenever I get the prototype. And I still haven't made that prototype yet. And his response was, well, thank you. I look forward to to getting it. (laughs) Yes, that was the you're like, that was the. Yeah. So so two relatively big names and two entirely different answers. And that's that's always just a fun story. Well, and, and I'm sure for for John Piper, like. He's probably been given because I will say as Christians, sometimes we can be a little odd and, yep. you know, give I'll weird things to like, you know, like here's this book. My grandma thought, of, you know, like weird things. And oh, so dude, like I was, I was at least the 15th person who gave him something that night. So like <laughs> the fact that it's like, and, and what's really funny is I thought that like on his desk, if that is still like a paperweight and he doesn't even like, okay, that's a neat, like, and somebody's going to walk in and be like, Hey, isn't that a guitar pedal? <laughs> like, it, you know, like sure. looking back on it, it probably just made him feel more awkward than anything. Like, <laughs> like I felt the need to name a product after him. He's like, yeah, he's probably like at like Thanksgiving that year. Like, I don't, I still am just confused with this. <laughs> They're like, what, what have you been working on? I can't, I can't figure out anything anymore. I have this red pedal, <laughs> but that's, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. But I mean, again, it's kind of cool. I was talking with, uh, I just did an interview with Blake Wyland from the Tone Mop. And we were talking yeah, about yeah. meeting, like, he was, he did a, an interview with Gaslight Anthem. He was talking about how he was trying not to fanboy. And we were talking about, like, meeting people that you're like, uh, uh, and I'm like, yeah, it's, I always try and, like, either A, I have the response of, like, I'm not even going to meet him because I don't know what to say. Or, like, the entire time, I'm just like, don't say something stupid. Don't, don't do something weird. Like, <laughs> and then you end up doing something weird because you're like, you're sweaty everywhere and just awkward. You re- I've, I've realized that you're just like, if you just act like, act like they're somewhat normal, you know, and they're a normal person. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, you're not, you know, <laughs> but that's hilarious. Yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the things I always try to keep in mind. And, and I, you know, I'm kind of an even keel guy for the most part anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I know when people like I have, and it's, it's really weird. Like I've had people at guitar center kind of fangirl over the fact that I'm there. I'm just like, I work out of my house. <laughs> It's got to be kind of uh, cool like, though, too. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. Like, I'm really, I'm really not all that cool, but, uh, but like, I remember, you know, how awkward it makes me feel. Like, if, and and I've had people like with my with my local band that hasn't played a show in over a year because you know our our singer and by the way I do love you Johnny, um, but our singer moved to Charleston three hours away like two years ago and he's like, yeah, I'll play whenever I can and you know it just never worked out right. Yeah. <laughs> But, mm-hmm. you know, like going into a guitar center or even I think it actually happened at the grocery store once where somebody's like, hey, you play in that band. And I was like, yeah, I do. I am that <laughs> so, guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Sorry about that show the other night. That wasn't our best one. You know, the person's like, I love that show. You're like, great. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, I'm sure like that, that's happened. That's happened before, too, is is people are just losing their minds. And I'm like, that was literally the worst show we've ever played. <laughs> this is, this is, if you guys heard us on a good night, you couldn't handle yourselves. It'd be like the Beatles all over again. <laughs> but that's, that, that is, that is, that is awesome. So let's talk a little bit about, 
Um, you kind of mentioned your Indiegogo, and there's going to be a link in the description. So you are going to NAM this year, which we actually yep. just talked about NAM yesterday um, on that podcast. So if you've, it's basically I explained I explained to Blake. Imagine every guitar company and pedal company in one room, while everyone that everyone plays every possible instrument at the same time. That's kind of what NAM yep. is, <laughs> but yep. it's a great way for companies to kind of show their products off, and then for people. It's originally was designed for just like people that like it's designed mostly the people that are there are supposed to be people that like buy music. So like, you know, your mom and pop stores, your different things. But now it's turned into it seems like a lot of a lot of media people there. A lot of YouTubers will be there, you know, doing the video things. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. So it's a great way for companies to kind of show themselves to a much bigger audience in a three day period or four day. Right. Right. Four days. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, so I, I did I did um, Summer Nam in Nashville a few months ago, mm-hmm. and uh, so that kind of you know got my feet wet a little bit, mm-hmm. and and thankfully I'm I'm actually splitting the booth with uh, Lyman Guitars, where <clears throat> they're a uh, they're a local brand. They're like ten minutes away from me, where they've they've owned their own music store for years and years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they've decided that they would prefer to be the ones selling to other stores and not having to deal with uh, whatever guitar brands' insane buying requirements and stuff like that. Yes, yes. And uh, and so they actually already know a lot of people there from going and being on the buying side. Mm-hmm. So so they've really helped me in terms of crafting sales pitches and stuff like that. And, cool. they, and they make, they make some pretty solid products too. And, uh, and they've got a, you know, the, the range from the inexpensive Chinese stuff that plays really well to the handmade American stuff. And, and they've, you know, been in it. Uh, they've been a brand for like two years, you know, so they're, cool. they're doing a lot of really cool stuff. That is and cool. so, and you know, it, and it just, and it just works where it's like, Hey, come to our booth and you can play their guitars through my pedals and into their amps. And, uh, you know, so, That's you know, cool. I got a little experience with, with Nashville and now I'm trying to make it happen with Anaheim and basically where, where the level is right now with my, my airfare rental car and hotel are all paid for. Okay. And, and so that was, that was kind of my biggest thing was let's get one of, you know, either the transportation type stuff or, the uh the actual nam expenses taken care of <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh and everything else will sort itself out i guess yeah and uh but obviously like i would love to be able to just like not have to worry about budgeting for anything <laughs> and just and just going for it you know yeah. so but yeah I'm, I'm really excited about it it's you know nashville was pretty overwhelming Mm-hmm. And Anaheim is, I think, about five or six times what Nashville was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything I've never been. I mean, obviously, I'm pretty small into the gear stuff. I mean, so I've never been. But like, literally, you're if like if you're subscribed to any YouTube channels that are about gear, or about gear at all, like it is like they insane. are at Nam. It is, yeah. and they're all at Nam, and they're all like everyone's trying to premiere like what and guitar company like like the big guitar companies will always do something crazy. You know, like last oh, year, yeah. Fender had like a nine neck guitar that everyone like lost their mind over. I'm like, it's a per- it's a promotional product. Like, of course, it's yeah. ridiculous looking. Like, that's what they do. Like, you know, like yeah. And, and then and then you just meet cool people yeah. there. Where um, 
uh, Premier Guitar did a video for the Chalcedonian Dual Reverb, mm -hmm. where it's it's on the right side, it's the Nicene Reverb, which is more of a spring-type reverb. And then on the left side, you got the Spurgeon Hall Reverb. Mm -hmm. And kind of kind of what I'm promoting is, is you know, hey, Strymon stuff is great. Mm -hmm. uh, Eventide is great. Line 6 is great. But you don't have to go and drop $500 on a Big Sky. Uh, necessarily, you know, you can, you can get one of these and it's, you know, retail is two fifties. And, you know, if you get it used, it'll obviously be less and Hey, stack this thing with an RV five on modulate and see what happens. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. people pretty much, pretty much have like a light rhythm and then a little bit heavier for lead. And then the, uh, the big sparkly thing for your come to Jesus moments. Right. Yes. And, uh, yes. and so, so premier guitar, uh, did a video highlighting that. And <clears throat> I am not a very good demo player. Like I kind of freeze up mm. when somebody's like, Hey, show me how this sounds. And on top of that, my wrist, I don't know what was going on, but my wrist was just bothering me all week. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it, like my wrist and, and wrapping around to my thumb. And I was like, I don't want to get on camera and just totally jack this up. And it turned out that Ken Haas of Reverend guitars was talking to the guy at the booth next to us. And he was like, you need somebody to play for you? I was like, yeah. And he's like, let me go grab one of my guitars. Nice. <laughs> so, so, and it just kind of all happened within five minutes. And it was just a really cool experience of, uh, you know, Reverend not seeing me as, as competition to be squashed, but as somebody to actually partner with there for a few minutes. Yeah. So that was, that was just pretty cool. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the cool thing. You see a lot of, like, I mean, obviously you're doing it where you're partnering with another company. And there's actually a lot of companies that you see, like, you know, will, like, split a booth or, you know, be next to each other because they know, like, oh, we're going to have half your, like, you know, if it's a pedal company, they're like, well, we're going to have a couple of your amps in our booth. Or, you know, if it's an amp company, they're like, oh, well, we'll throw, you know, we'll have some of your stuff over here. So I think it's a cool, oh, yeah. it's a really cool place. And so, again, if it's, I don't even know. Like, I think you have to still be a music buyer to like get into Nam right now, or is it like some? They do have a they do have a public day. Okay, and okay. Uh, and then like if you're if you're an endorsed artist, they'll you know you can get them a badge and stuff like that. Ooh. But even but even you know we're talking about you know people not seeing each other's competition. Get this. This is actually a lot of fun. Is uh, Justin Tenkate of Mezzo Effects. And, uh, and he's another guy in the in the P-Dubs world where he's actually a worship pastor in Michigan. He actually helped me design the version 2 circuit for the Edwards Overdrive, which okay. is on the Indiegogo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, like I, I sent him a, an Edwards. And he's like, and by the way, send me a blank circuit board, and I'll show you my suggested mods for this thing. And I got it back, and I was just like, holy crap, this is happening right now. <laughs> and done? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and it was you know it's just such an improvement. Like I was already planning on doing a version two, and I had some stuff in mind, and uh, and then when you combine that with what he what he was doing, it was just like, yeah, this is awesome. And yeah. you know, people people end up helping each other, and obviously there's going to be some level of competition, mm -hmm. but at the same time, everybody kind of understands like, yeah, this month they'll buy my pedal, and then next month they'll buy your pedal, and then the <laughs> month after that they'll sell both bars <laughs> yeah, and they'll go for the net. And that's, that is the really hard part about gear is because there's so much coming out constantly. Like you, right. you have to either a, you're like, okay, well I better like 
I better either like have like fistfuls of cash or like keep like rolling through it. And a lot of guys do. They just, you know, they try something out. If they like it, they keep it. If they don't, they sell it and they try something else out. And yep. um, it's something I think. And as a brand owner to kind of like understand that that happens is like kind of cool. Cause it's like, you know, some people are like, oh, you sold my pedal. Like how dare and it's like, no, like right. if you find that, you know, you find the next noise or maybe they're selling it because they want to buy your newest pedal that came out and they exactly, know like, Hey, yeah. I'm going to sell version one for, two thirds the cost. And then I throw a little bit extra in and boom, I got the new one. Right. And there's, there's such a balance, especially in, in this worship demographic, you know, where, you know, like I'm, I'm such a free market guy. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. absurd how much of a free market guy I am. Uh, so I am all about like, Hey, if you have this thing and, and you would get more value out of selling it than whatever, sell it. Uh, but at the same time, uh, there's, you know, I think we should exercise a little more stewardship yes. or, or <laughs> wisdom and, and, you know, be content. Like there is nothing wrong with having a gear hobby uh, or, you know, even a, a, a slight gear obsession. Like I've, I've got a bunch of guitars. I've always had a bunch of pedals. Uh, but at the same time, especially in the worship world, well, what are you what are you really chasing? Are you chasing uh, this thing, these materials, or are you chasing the one who made those materials? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's very true. Or are you chasing the one who plays those materials, like plays that stuff and sounds a certain way, you know? Like, yeah, oh, I have, yeah, to, I have to sound exactly like, you know, this worship band to play. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay. But at the same time, like, the congregation doesn't care. I've always had this opinion, like, they don't care if it sounds exactly like the CD because they they're not yep. listening to the CD right now. Like it's a different experience. Right. And, you know, and then it's, yeah, it's I'm more it's more so the case is is obviously play excellently. Mm-hmm. Like don't, you know, don't show up at rehearsal or on Sunday morning and not know what you're doing. But bad. typically, typically a congregation more so knows when something's off. And and it happens that in our church they know something's off because I will laugh at it. Where <laughs> Where uh, our our other electric guy slash bassist, where we kind of rotate and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron, uh, we we'll we've gotten to the point, and it's been this way for several years. Like if one of us screws something up, we will both take a step back and look at each other and laugh in the middle of the song. <laughs> um, but um, at the same time, like yeah, most people they don't really. They don't really know what's going on in the first place. Yeah. But they do know when you give a crap. Yeah. Oh. Uh, they, uh-huh. they do pick up. And, and I guess this kind of comes comes from me having more of a, a metal, punk, hardcore background is people respond to stage presence. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying to go and cut cartwheels with a guitar by any means. <laughs> uh, but but there are a few things that irritate me more than people making music who don't look like they care. <laughs> oh yeah, like and, and there's and there's there's so much and there's there's a wide range of expression that can happen within musical stage presence. Mm-hmm. And obviously and obviously it's not about putting on a show, but but if and, and particularly in the worship world, like if you are ascribing glory and honor and praise to the creator and the sustainer of the universe look like you give a crap yeah i uh <laughs> i i watch uh worship tutorials they do like you know a bunch of worship stuff and they had one video on stage presence and the one guy's like hey if jesus is in your heart show your face or, or like make sure to tell your face yeah. and we've like yeah. and our and our team's been like talking about that and we've been doing the we just started live streaming our services and like we're all like oh we're gonna be able to see like if you like what you think looks like you're praising God, looks like you're super mad 
or like that guitar face, quote unquote, that you made doesn't look like to the congregation that doesn't know what a guitar face looks, looks like looks terrible. They're like, what's he Mm -hmm. doing? Like, yeah, I, (laughs) and it's, it's hard because like, I, you know, I'm, I'm at the level where like, I'm not like, even though I'm playing rhythm and it's pretty easy stuff. I'm still like, not don't screw up. Don't screw up. Don't screw up. And so like, I have to sometimes have that thought of like, just let like, at the same time, don't screw up, but don't play so tight and so tense that like, someone's looking at you like is he in pain up there like kyle is heart right. kyle, kyle had taco bell for breakfast i think and he's having a little heartburn <laughs> up there and it's and i think it's a matter of being and it's it's part of a like you said being prepared because a lot of people have this the thought of and we're going down the worship ah, we're going off we'll, we'll, we'll hit all the uh all the sacred cows a lot of people just thought of like well if we're too prepared then if god moves we won't be ready no god that's, moves that's in so, your preparedness that is so dumb like yeah, if exactly. you are prepared and you know like then I'm God can sure there's move. a proverb about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's the only time I ever, I've ever known God for not moving was we had a, there was a camp experience for basically the speaker. And a year later I found out that this night that like God showed up and moved and like, then he didn't even speak. He goes, yeah. He's like, I could not figure out what God wanted me to talk about that night. Like I just, I was praying about it. He never got a word. And I'm like, Hmm, I think God was just like, you don't need to prepare for this, <laughs> but it was, you know, that is a definitely an exception to the norm. Like, I think that that opinion of like, oh, if it sounds too polished, like it won't sound real. I'm like, no, it'll sound you know, excellent. And well, I think it'll, excellent. it'll sound good. Yeah. Like you, if if you go and and see any other band mm-hmm. in literally any other genre, and they don't show up prepared, you're gonna you're gonna walk out saying, well, why did I even come? And obviously, there's there's some discrepancies there yeah. with it being church. You know, I get that. So nobody throw rocks at me or anything. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like the preacher is going to prepare. Exactly. I hope. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> sure. You sure hope so. <laughs> and, and, and particularly how my church does it is is you know typically we uh, we go straight through books of the Bible, and so if and like we're in a in a series on Romans right now, and we just did the first section of of chapter four where Paul is using Abraham as exhibit as Bradley, our pastor, put it, uh, exhibit A of Mm -hmm. justification by faith alone Mm -hmm. and um and if he hasn't studied and he hasn't thought about that really hard uh it's gonna it's gonna be really noticeable but obviously you know i kind of have a pretty cool pastor like he co-hosts my podcast with me that works out (laughs) speaking of segues uh, (laughs) yeah another segue Uh, that's the marketing side the shameless self-promoter and that is again y'all gotta Um, i i always say you gotta i'm always hustling like always hustle your brand not, yeah, some, yeah, it can be exactly. a break. It can be taken the wrong way, but I'm like, sometimes people won't know. Like I have, like I'm the guy that when I show up to a race that like I'm announcing or I'm working with, like I'm wearing a Bibster promotion shirt, and I'm like, I don't care what yeah. y'all think. Like, if one of you doesn't know who I am, at least now you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so like, so like we've got we've got uh, three total pastors at our church, mm-hmm. uh, where two of them are full time and one of them is, is an old semi-retired guy. He's, yes. he's just awesome. And he makes fun of everybody. Yes. And, um, <laughs> so, so like even one time when, you know, we are there early for a rehearsal before church and he comes in and he says, Cody, you're looking good today. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> just all kind of stuff like that all the time. But wow. those guys, like, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I love it. And, uh, but those guys always prepare. And, but then like it, this popped in my mind, uh, I visited a friend's church one time, uh, 
probably like 10 years ago mm-hmm. uh, for an Easter service. And the title of the sermon in the program, uh, you know, obviously an Easter service is typically going to be a little more evangelistic. Yes. Uh, the title was, <laughs> Is There Life After Death? And he never answered the question. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I, I, I honestly still don't know what he preached about and that's not because i wasn't paying attention it's because i was and he never really said he never got to the point he just just walked around circles like what what, get to a point yeah exactly you know yeah and i think that's uh it's really important and i think in the worship world you know it's something that it's you have to prepare for excellence because i think and in that video that i kind of referenced before they kind of also talked about the elephant in the room of like people are so scared to say like you're performing and they're like, here's the deal. You are on a stage. Like, yes, you are worshiping yeah. God, but people are watching you. Like, you know, so you have to understand that, like, to, to especially to people, like, that maybe don't, aren't familiar with the church and they just, like, you know, stumbled in on a, a Sunday, you know, they're really mm-hmm. going to be, you know, depending on what, what you're doing up there, they're going to be really confused. You know, like, what, what, and what is should be. <laughs> and, and yeah, and they, and they very well should because they'd be like, "What is this?" And but you shouldn't be like, they shouldn't be like, "This is," you know, like, "Huh?" You know, and so it's kind of a, it's a, it's a fine road to walk where you don't want to be up there like you know you said like doing, you know, cartwheels, cartwheels for Jesus, unless you know like and we like the one thing they said, and I'm very much this way. Like I call myself a no sudden movements kind of guy. Like I'm not going to be the one <laughs> jumping around. Like I'm a bigger guy, so. That would put me in a heart attack, but uh, but we have a we have a younger guy on our worship team. He's actually an intern, and the guy like his worship, and I've seen him do it in the back row where no one can see him, so I know it's genuine. Is sure. he is just moving like he jumps and he moves and he and like, but that's him. And if you made him stand still, he would look like me if I was trying to jump around. And I think right there's right. importance and, and, to be like you're like to be comfortable on the stage and know like okay, this is who I am, you know. Right. And, and there's even, you know, like, like we said before, like there's going to be different flavors. Like mm-hmm. when I have a guitar on, uh, like I'm going to bounce around a little more. I'm, like I end up just naturally in, in a half power stance. It's not going to be like my full blown metal power stance. Like I'm, I'm not going to be up there like tenacious D or something, yes. you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, with, uh, or not tenacious D, uh, in school of rock where he's showing them the different stances, yes. you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I'm not going to be like, full blown that but that's kind of what i naturally end up in uh but but if i'm not playing um like you know it might surprise some people since i just went on this rant about looking like you give a crap like naturally i am not a hand raiser uh-huh. when i'm in when i'm in the congregation and, and that's okay that is i was about like, to say and that is totally like, okay. To be okay with that like yeah. i i have been we just went through a series of our youth kids and we were because our we're having we have an issue. Most of the youth kids like I'd get up there to like do acoustic worship, and they'd just be staring at me because they didn't. There a lot of them come from like unchurched, and so it's like we're trying to kind of teach them the basics. And so we were working through a series, and it's like it's okay. Like you need to be comfortable and like able to worship, but you also like so yeah. here's like here's some here's some things that people do. And what we do basically is like here's things people do. Here's kind of why they do them. You don't have to do them, yep. but if you if you feel like you want to do this, and then like and I think that's fine because like I know people like that go to have gone to a church for years. And they're not big singers, you know, they, they like worship, but they don't, you know, like they might just, you know, you don't, they're not singing loud, you know, and it's like, and that's okay. Right. That's them. Right. Like, and then, and then you could drop a bomb on those guys who, who are new anyway and be like, and if you haven't placed your faith in Jesus, you can't worship in the first place. <laughs> they're like, what, huh? <laughs> like, what is this? 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. I I probably just I probably just exploded all of gear talk praise and worship with that yeah. statement. But well, anyway, <laughs> it's, we're we're like fifty six minutes in. If they're still going, yeah. they've already gone past all of the other. Like we're gonna say this right now, so you want to turn this off if you're not into this. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Seriously. But, um. And, and and by the way, work on your anthropology. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I think it's a really good point, and so. I think we kind of we kind of probably just talked about a little bit. I'm assuming about you because you have a podcast too. You're talking about you do yeah. with your pastor. Um, talk a little bit about like you know what the kind of start with that was and just kind of what you where, where you kind of go with where, or where you're planning on going with that. Yeah, so uh, the Westminster Effects Doxology podcast comes out on Tuesdays wherever you can listen to podcasts, except for uh, today because the whole Thanksgiving weekend was mm-hmm. a little crazy and that schedule got kind of thrown off. Mm-hmm. So it's it's me as well as uh, my pastor, Bradley, and and a Lutheran guy named John in Nebraska. And and we talk, like, if you can loosely tie it into uh, worship doxology uh, at all, uh, we're going to talk about it. So mm-hmm. whether, it's, whether it's, hey, how do you set up the aesthetics in your worship space? Uh, are you going to black things out? Are you going to have the lights fully on or whatever? Or we'll talk proper theological type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll eventually get around to the regulative versus the normative principle and why that's and why that works. Uh, uh, we had a really recent episode on, uh, Hey, how do you handle shifts in your theology? Um, like if, if you start out Baptist and then you become convinced of the Presbyterian position, how do you handle that? Mm-hmm. Uh, like avoid, avoiding the cage stages, R.C. Sproul used to call it. Um, or even uh, we'll pick apart a song and say, hey, here's what we like, here's what we don't like. Um, or, hey, I like the whole thing. Or, uh, man, this whole thing is just a pile of crap. <laughs> and um, so, so we have a lot of fun with it. We're about to start up with a new format. Uh, where it'll be a little more fast-paced, I think, where we're not just droning on on one thing the whole time. Um, so we'll we'll actually talk about our uh, what happened in our uh, respective churches the Sunday before we recorded, oh, and cool. then we'll move and then we'll move from you know a little bit of that into into uh, what did John say? This was all John's idea, so you can blame him. Okay. Um, so go from that, I think, into picking apart a song briefly and then go from that into a proper topic um and then say hey let's talk about these things and uh and then go from there into we like to recommend reading every week whether it's a book or an article or mm-hmm. whatever and uh and just throw out resources for people to uh to enjoy and learn from and then at, at the end um you know, I notice a lot of podcasts are really bad at signing off and they just kind of stammer about for about 30 seconds. So I always end the, uh, the, the podcast with one of my endorsed artists, uh, with one of their songs. Ah. And, and so that kind of plays it out. And, and it's, it's pretty funny because there's such a range, uh, like Jason Houtsma of worship artistry uses an E89. So I've played one of his worship songs before Mm -hmm. and then uh i also have uh some pretty heavy stuff (laughs) so so you never know you know like i got a i got a friend in the local music scene around here who has a thrash band that sounds kind of like slayer okay so uh so i played them and you know i had a couple people 
apparently message John and be like, I did not like that band. I'm like, well, you can get over it. That's fine. <laughs> and you know, and, and the thing is, it's you know it's the end of the podcast, so it's kind of like you're saying you, you can yeah. turn if you want to listen, listen, free yep. free song here. If you don't want to listen, turn it off. I uh we didn't warn this exactly well, when we like, end this like, one, I do the like I try not to batter around, but usually we just are like, all right, we're done, bye. But um, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> that is a lot of fun. Yeah, I think one of the guys from your podcast, I was talking in the Gear Talk page with, because he might have used to live close to like Clinton or something. Okay. Because I was talking, we were talking somebody, so it was you know the atypical like trying to find their gear, and it was like said it was stuck in Clinton, Iowa, which is right across the river. And I joke and was like, I remember comments like, hey, I like live like right there. And somebody commented, I think he's in your – because when I was, like, trying to figure out who he was, it said he was on the podcast. And I can't remember now his name, and my phone's on the phone call, so I can't look it up. But we were discussing, and we got talking about, like, all of the living in Fulton, like, the giant Dutch community that it is. But it was just – it was hilarious because <laughs> I think the dude that I bought the Piper Drive from commented, like, oh, I live in Bettendorf. I'm like, okay, here's where it's weird, everybody. That guy does a podcast <laughs> with the guy that made the pedal that I bought from you through Guitar Center. <laughs> Everyone's mind blown real quick here. All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's just when you accept the fact that the world is so tiny. It is. You know? It's crazy. It is It is crazy. Like, you're just going, huh? Like, how did I, – I didn't po- – like, I posted this in a group of, like, 32,000 people. And, the you know, the guy that's like, oh, I used to own that. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, all right. How's the Helix? Um <laughs> But uh, well, it's it's just like how you were talking before we came on air. I'm, you mm-hmm. know, like everybody knows just from the theme of the brand. Like I will claim reformed dumb. Yeah, <laughs> and, like no bones about it. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's where I stake my claim. But at the same time, I'm not going to kill somebody uh, for differing with me on the secondary issues. Like mm-hmm. now, if, now if you're going around denying the deity of Jesus or you know promoting modalism within the Trinity or something like that, we're gonna have a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like how you said you were at a four square church and it was just like well holy crap i've you know partnered with a four square church over in la it's just like well i i guess we're on the same team here right? yeah we're, we're bad from the same team and that was funny because you're like oh you know and like i've talked with uh i had andrew from fox Chiro. oh my gosh i screwed his name up i was pedal topper company fox, I, fox cairo fox cairo i and i feel terrible because i literally just i i just ordered some new toppers from him for my boss pedals by the way he's yeah. doing those now so check those out um and, and by the way i'm actually partnering with him i knew it uh, i knew it yeah, where uh where the uh all of my ernie ball mods the the volume pedal tone suck mods mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh they're going to include one of his toppers. Yes. So I'm pretty stoked about that. They're it. on the way. And they I, need to hurry up and get here. <laughs> I, uh, I, cause I'm not, I interviewed him a couple weeks ago cause I got the, uh, the 60 cycle home otter special one, the otter holding a uh, little guitar. Yeah. It's awesome. Yes. And, um, and so I had him on and we were talking and I said something about, cause I think at that point we were kind of talking about doing the podcast and he's like, Oh Cody. And he, cause he just said, Oh, I'm going to start like guys that do mods on pedals. They're going to start like having pedal toppers that like have their logo or something on it. And in my head, I was like, Hey, I know a guy who said he wanted to mod my pedal on an Instagram post. Hmm. I bet it's like, I bet it's Westminster. (laughs) So when he said that, I was like, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are great. Actually. He will be getting, if you listen to more episodes, he's going to get a full, he's going to full sponsor thing. Cause he hooked me up amazingly on my boss pedals. Um, Oh, nice. Yeah. He like, it was like he did that big deal over the weekend, and I was like, no, 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 like this is like I support you. And then he's like, oh, here's how many are in the box. I'm like, are you kidding me? So yeah, it's a super cool guy and super. That's a cool product. Like I, 
I love mine. It's 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 hilarious and it's very functional. And that's the two things I like about my. <laughs> I like that. I mean, I'm the guy that has. I have a modded. Uh, I have a Brian Wampler modded metal zone in the beginning of my chain because it's my EQ pedal. You know how hilarious oh, it wow, is yeah. to play at a church. And if a guitar player knows what he's looking at, to look down. And and, and you got that box of bees sitting there. And... <laughs> the box, and it's the box. And the best part is it goes EQ pedal into your pedal. So everyone's like, wait, what? Like, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. yeah I'm like, and, and I'm like, it's always on. And they're like. So, I'm, I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is one and two. And it is comical because the way I have my board set up, and I'll send you a picture of it. I have, because it's the mini pedal, and it's like on the back of my board, and I have a homemade, like, made, you know made out of one buys a uh, pedal board because it could fit in the suitcase right so like that oh, yeah. pedal i had to give it i gave it the one by like lifter so that way it would be up tall enough so i could hit it <laughs> so like it sits <laughs> up on and it was like i was gonna build something else for it. i'm like if i put velcro on both sides of this piece of wood it'd be fine like boom done but yeah so uh but yeah it's that same kind of a like it's funny because people don't expect that and it sounds really good which is the other thing you know which is what I like about it, and it's definitely part of my sound. But yeah, so that's those uh, those pedal toppers are gonna be awesome. So that's cool that you do. So you do uh, what other mods do you do on pedals, real quick? Let me pull that up real quick because it's a lot. I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was going through so, your Indiegogo thing, and I'm like, oh, good lord. Yeah. So the the main stuff I do, um, like the bulk of it, is uh, DL fours. Okay. Um, I'm actually the only company in the world, and this will make P Dubs guys happy is um i'm the only guy in the world who can do the dotted eighth mod uh uh, where where i acquired the the rights to the kit where it's basically got a microcontroller and it calculates um your taps on this switch and feeds that into the dl4 because Mm -hmm. the dl4 won't do a dotted eight but Mm -hmm. at the same time they sound they sound great Mm um so i do that um I do a little mod on the soul food, little mod on the Ernie ball volume pedal. And I'm, I'm expanding into some boss stuff. So uh, uh, the released stuff I have right now is a DS one SD one. And then the, uh, the DD 20 rehouse. Um, and then other than that, I'm, I'm about to release once I get the demo back. Um, like I said, I, I don't do my own demo stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm going to have a metal zone compressor, and soon enough, a BD2. So, so uh, you know, trying to expand it and uh, have as many offerings as, as feasible. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And I, there is, uh, if, if you have a boss pedal, like, and the advantage with modding boss pedals is you probably have a DS1. Like, that's kind of, it's the reason why they've sold, it's like the best-selling pedal in the world is because everybody probably right. has one. And everybody um, makes that mistake. Hey, <laughs> well, okay. My mistake when I was getting the guitar gear was my DS one that I got first. And actually I still, I used it last week on a song. Um, the game was, <clears throat> wasn't, wasn't above like, you know, a quarter up because you go any higher than oh, it's, it can. you can't. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I, I let it eat a little bit, but yeah. And then my, my big mistake was why I had to have the Wampler modded, uh, metal zone is because I bought a metal zone straight up thinking like, Oh, I'll sound like a metal guitar player now with no skills. <laughs> and I played it. Yeah. It was like this, I can't get this thing to sound good. Like it, it's yeah, just, yeah. and then it was a joke. So then I, it was always off my board. And so then when last, uh, last spring, Brian Wampler was like, Hey, I'm doing, I'm like kind of bored. I'm going to do pedal mods. Like, here's the ones I'm doing. I'm just like, email send boom <laughs> like yeah 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 it's 
my my wife and I actually met uh, because of guitar things, mm-hmm. and uh, and she made the uh, the mistake of getting a metal zone as her first pedal, Ooh. and uh, so so <laughs> that <laughs> if you watch the uh, Indiegogo video uh, where I say, hey, if you give me twenty five hundred dollars, I will get a metal zone tattoo and video it, <laughs> and uh, she is less than pleased about that perk <laughs> being offered that perk you're like somebody's do it somebody's gonna do it that yeah. is, that's that's so, funny <laughs> somebody please just cover half of the indiegogo campaign we'll get like the entire what if yeah, we, we'll get the entire gear talk praise and worship page together we can r- raise it as one fund <laughs> dude I'm, I'm okay with that okay it probably you're, won't happen it will not I piss them off enough in this episode you, however you if, probably if we can make that happen <laughs> i'm not opposed that is true that is <laughs> the page of like you're on someone's good side or bad side by like you're like what did i oh man <laughs> like what did i say yeah. what did i post or I made I made John mad. Um, but oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I could I could I could say something really salty, but I'll refrain. Salt. We'll keep, this, we'll keep the saltiness back. <laughs> but yeah, so there'll be links to all that in the description. Um, Cody, yes. I know you got probably stuff to do tonight. So otherwise, we could keep going. So I just realized it's been like an hour and ten minutes. Um, let's talk. If you're cool, let's talk again. Maybe after Nam, and we can talk about all, all means, that. Man, yeah. And so uh, we'll 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 stay in touch. But again, if you are interested in a homemade pedal for not homemade pedal price i'll say that because for what you get and when the price point it's not like it's what you would pay for like a pedal that might be you know and it's nothing wrong with that that it could be you know like you know like parts are kind of from everywhere but the cool part about westminster stuff is cody's the only guy like you know that he made them and not and only if that it like breaks if it breaks i'm the one who has to answer for it yeah exactly <laughs> like you pop it open in the back and you're like oh it's this number so you know this is number what and it's i don't know there's something cool about that and there is still, I mean, I think there's always going to be that scene in pedals, but it's not, you know, like some of these companies that were more in that style have gotten so big now they can't, you know, it's just not feasible for them to, you know, yeah. put funny things in all the, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. So I think that's kind of cool. So again, check out, there'll be links to the page. You have a Facebook page too, right? Oh yes. yeah. I okay. Got Facebook page, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, WestminsterEffects.com yep. or nosepedal.com. They both go to the same site. Okay. Uh, I just come, I combine the sites. Mm-hmm about a year ago okay because i got tired of trying to have to update both of them at the same time <laughs> yeah, so. two sites. but yeah so yeah. if uh if that's something you're interested in, definitely check those links out again there is a pedal for kind of every sound not just praise and worship even though that's kind of what the focus on tonight's talk was which is i think was awesome something a little different than what you guys might not hear on most episodes but again um description the ginger podcast thanks Cody, for coming on bye